1: Hello, my name is Merrick Larwood and welcome to this brand new cop... Oh, <laughs> I said it wrong. Hello there, my name is Merrick Larwood and welcome to this brand new podcast. Merrick makes a movie. Here's some music. Marek makes a movie. He talks to different filmmakers. He learns lots of things to put in his film. Not that type of movie. I mean, it's probably the wrong music. It's giving you the wrong idea. It's just a normal film, all right. It's not anything. It's not dirty stuff. It's just, a, just listen to podcast, all right. Well, that's if that's any sign of how professional this is going to be. I'm definitely going to carry on listening, and I'm in it, so I can't wait to see what I've got to say. What is this podcast about? All right, mate or or mrs or ma'am I'll tell you I want to make a film yeah it's not that easy mate I know so I'm going to go round and speak to a different filmmaker each week about their experiences concentrating on a specific aspect of filmmaking like writing um, cameras maybe it'll be audio maybe it'll be costume maybe it will be um, lighting lighting interesting things like that but mainly low budget filmmakers who've made their own films and look what tips and interesting facts and stories they have alright that is the podcast if you don't like filmmaking and you don't like tech stuff and geeky stuff you probably won't like this so just get lost get out of it I don't even want to speak to you but otherwise you can stay tuned why is he doing this I'm doing this because I'm going to ask for donations on my website, com, and, and I'll use those donations to make the film. That's the plan. Currently, my budget is no pounds, zero pounds. But if you donate on my website and put Maric Makes a Movie in the message thing or I want a badge, I will send you a Maric Makes a Movie badge providing you donate more than five pounds and you don't live in Mars or somewhere, because otherwise i will be losing money, it will be minus pounds. In fact, I've ordered the badges, so I'm actually on minus 20 pounds. The budget's minus 20 pounds. I mean, I'm sick of hearing myself talk. The first guest is sitting here, patiently waiting. It is an old school friend of mine, who is still my friend. Incredible that I can maintain a friendship for approximately 25 years. His name is Paul Allen. He um, went to film school and he directed his own feature film, Big Font, Large Spacing, about seven or eight years ago. And he is currently writing a script for uh, his next project, whether he makes that or not. And today we're going to talk about the writing process. Hello, Paul. Hello, Marek. That was a long introduction, wasn't it? It was pretty long, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, you, you probably got a new—you probably get some new listeners from having a new podcast, and I, I expect they've all gone. You may have lost them. And that yeah. is the opposite to making a film. You have, you need to capture the audience early doors. Snappy start, bring them in. Well, that's failed. So we're talking about writing, and you're in the process now of writing a script. And people go about writing things different ways. It's supposed to be one of the most awful parts of filmmaking. Can you tell us a bit about your process please? Well, I
0: think it starts with structure. I think you've got to you've got to work out uh I think there's there's an idea, there's like a, a romantic idea that you can sit down and just sit at a keyboard and start tapping away, just start churning out the pages. I think I mean I think that's just that's just not the truth of it. You it's have, a lie. It's a big lie. And you have got to know where you're heading, because otherwise i mean i I've done a bit of that, and then you'll you'll basically run dry by about twenty five pages and you'll realize this is not going anywhere if you want to write a feature film, you need a lot of story, you need a lot of story, and you need to know what what you're saying and there's you have to hold back from the writing process till you get to the point where you know what you're saying. What your themes are, it all feels quite dry and it all feels quite abstract. But these are things which, if you if you haven't worked them out, it will be a, just a complete non-starter in terms of film.
1: My experience of it is, I've written um, uns- well moderately unsuccessful sitcoms so before, and quite a number of pilot scripts. And my best experience is working with uh, what you do when you're. Um, Trying to send a script out for TV is you normally send it to a production company because the the channels such as BBC, ITV, Channel Four, and Sky they have a a list of normally of of production companies they will use who've made programs before who they know that can you know registered ones they can trust. And a gentleman called Ian Morris who wrote the Inbetweeners and directed the second Inbetweeners, I have submitted a couple of scripts via his company. And I think he's brilliant and he's sort of written films before and obviously writing right in between four series of a successful show. He said, when I was writing stuff, to, to break it down into scenes. So before you even start writing, you write down in a sitcom what happens. You need about ten scenes, so ten, three minute. I mean, ITV sitcoms are 22 minutes, I think. BBC is 27, somewhere between 22 and 27 minutes. So you need ten or so scenes. And then... So you've half written it, you've written what's happened, and then you go into writing, which makes the process a, a lot easier as well.
0: It does, but I think there's a, a, a big point here is about what you're
1: writing for. Yes, because because, think, and this is my question, uh-huh. is that I think that comedy... What I forgot to say at the end of that is that writing 22, 27 minute comedy is very different to uh, 120 minutes, which is where a lot of comedies fall down. Well, this is one thing, because I've started looking at writing a sitcom because I did short films. Wait, mate, sorry, this is Makes a Movie. It's not about writing a sitcom. Wait, the, the, I but, mean, I'm, not, I'm allowed to talk about that, but I don't, I don't want to... It's, you, you're here to talk about f- films.
0: But, the fact being that in a sitcom, I mean, this, the, the form you're writing to is critical. So in a sitcom, one of the things which I realise which is different to a feature film is the fact that the, the very nature of a sitcom is the fact that characters stay the same from week to week, so this the like if you think about friends Joey's always stupid Chan 's always a um, kind of smarter smart ass uh, Phoebe's always stupid you know they they stay the same from week to week now that 's a completely different way of writing uh, and and seeing your script writing process to a feature where the classic kind of script writing process would be about a, a protagonist a character has a character flaw. Or it's aiming for something and then there's obstacles which challenges in their way, which they need to overcome. And by the end of the story, they've changed substantially from where they were at the beginning of the movie through that process. And now that is different. So say
1: my film called Barry Needs a Piss. Okay.
0: Protagonist, start, let's just let's break it down. Barry. Yeah. Protagonist. Yeah. Piss. Objective. That's, that's his objective. That's his goal. Yeah. And that now we need to think some things to stop him so he hasn't got a toilet challenge one yeah um, and well clicking, t- a ticking clock's always a good thing so Barry says in a very blatant way I've got, I have se- to- I've got I- 7 minutes I've got 7 I- minutes or I'm going to wet myself
1: well yeah, let's say 77 minutes 7 <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> I've got a feature or I'm going to wet myself uh, the most I can hold is in is 77 minutes <laughs> I mean, it's sounding pretty positive. This is what I think people get. People right now will be getting their checkbooks out <laughs> and writing... Oh, I am. thousands of pounds, the zero, never-ending zeros. They've not even stopped. They've got a checkbook out when I started, and, and they've not stopped writing the zeros.
0: My goodness. Well, after a decimal point. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean... I mean, it's been 0.000. <laughs> 0. 000. So... Uh, uh, um so what's your pro- so Were your film, so take Big Fourk knowledge space and you ma- you made um it was a low budget film. What was the bu- can you say what the budget was for that? Uh in real
0: terms it was about kind
1: of twenty six thousand really. But um Yeah. But it was a lot of calling a lot of favours. But writing that, you wrote that and how did you fa- how did you plan out that and how what did you learn from doing that, taking it into the next time you wrote a film? Well I
0: think I think you can learn mistakes, learn things, and sort of unlearn them again as well. I, I think one of the big things for me was I always came in structure. Structure was the big thing for me. Unle- um, by
1: unlearn you mean forget?
0: That's the word. Yeah, that's exactly.
1: It. I've unlearned. Un- I've unlearned that word. Unlearned sounds a lot better. Um, I've un I've unlearned the, um, <laughs> the the names of my cousin's children. I've unlearned them. I've unlearned them. Yeah, because it sounds like you're taking the higher ground, doesn't it? When you were it? I've, un- I've-, I've unlearned, unlearned that I needed to buy some milk this morning. Uh, I've unlearned how to lock the front door before I leave for work. And that's different because you you would be able to lock it. It has to be information. I mean, well, this is a digression that I, 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 a lot of people do want to hear making people they're losing their faith we just lost
0: another one Uh, sorry carry on so about process uh, so structure yes so um, but I think coming back to it now I've realised just how you've just got to yeah so it kind of starts with structure and themes as well I mean that just all sounds like kind of some kind of a-level English class, you know, when you're kind of deconstructing a book or something
1: like that, it's the other way round. When we get told the first time to write an essay, you write the introduction, you write the paragraphs, the different points of argument. Instruction set, instruction sets out the points of argument. You go through those, and you write the conclusion. Yeah. So it's like writing a school essay then. Well, it is a way, and I, but I think the big thing. The French don't do that. They don't
0: give a shit about that. Oh, the, the narrative doesn't matter, but I think having an ending as well is a big thing. I think. I mean, a lot of films, you know, you've got, t- well, personally, I think ending well is like so critical and it's got to, you know, it's got to be the, it, it, what, that's what you're left with and, and a satisfying conclusion can make up for a lot of bad movie before that. So in Barry
1: needs a piss, I think some kind a of big then,
0: fountain then, scene with that with that as the, as the final conclusion. Well, with, well he, really could, really he has a
1: piss and afterwards he comes out think, and then he's sort of back at where he was before and he says to himself, oh no, I need never." Another- Piss. What, what, we're setting up the sequel? Exactly. The Barry Needs a Piss universe. Barry Needs Another Piss, it is. Followed by. Uh, (laughs) Not again, Barry! (laughs) Oh, this is. I mean, that's not. uh, Let me just let that's not what the film is (laughs) is not going to be about. That. Okay.
0: You might not secure funding. Um, But then, uh, yeah, so then it's its structure. I mean, other people do approach it different ways. I mean, that's one big thing. I think other people do go in for, from an entirely different way. But I think, I think structure and theme, I think you've got to kind of know what you're saying. As I, as I say this, all, this all sounds abstract, but I think then you're, um, and then, um, and then, yes. But it's a bit of a to-and-fro because then you're, you have this structure and, and then you can start, so you have this strict structure, which all looks very good. And then you, st- you literally write one scene and you have these characters, these vague kind of ideas of characters, and you write one scene within about two paragraphs, you realise this just doesn't make any sense. That character would not do that. Do you know what I mean? Because suddenly that, these characters are becoming three-dimensional and actually you want them to be believable in terms of their motivations. And then so, so suddenly the characters are then pushing against the structure and then the structure is going to have to change because of the characters. And that, for me, is basically the process. You're doing a bit of structure work, and then you're doing character work, one pushes against the other and changes the other. The structural work, I need this character to do this to make that sense. And then the characters say, you know, that's not gonna work, the structure's gonna have to bend, and then and and a really elegant st- script those kind of two things you don't really notice. This the structure and the characters just flow together, like we watched Paddington 2 recently, it's a really good example, I think, and you don't really you don't really notice that how
1: much those two are how much engineering, basically, there's going on under the surface. I think it is like that. The hardest bit is setting up. I mean, everyone's got an idea for a film that they know the exciting bits. It's constructing the mechanics to get to the exciting bits and making those mechanics also interesting. That's why I find Tarantino's a really good example, because I think he's written some of my favourite ever scenes in Hollywood, for example, a lot of them come in, in, um, in Glorious Bastards. two in that film, the opener, um, when he goes to, to uh, interrogate the French farmer about if he's holding um, if people, people under French people. I'm not explaining really about it. And a second one, which is the game, the entire pub seller scene. In what's that? In, in Glorious Bastards. Oh, right, okay. But he's great at writing s- scenes. Yeah. He's at his best... It's just a series of scenes that fit together s- seamlessly. Mm. It, that's what the hard thing is. What do you actually need, what do you, what exposition do you need in there? And exposition should never f- feel totally literal, which it doesn't in a lot of superhero films.
0: It does, and I think, but it's different as well. I mean, it gets more complicated because then you've obviously got different genres of film, where some genres of film, I mean, like you know. If you if you'd wrote before sunset before sunrise and you turn that into a script editor, and you, they didn't knew no, nothing about you, most script editors would say, "I'm sorry, this this has got no beats. There's no inciting incident. There's no you know it, it doesn't. It just does not conform." But that's also what makes it interesting, you know. So you've got this slightly complex situation where people are trying to conform to these these kind of script books. Robert McKee, Sid Field, these kind of these are the of beats you need to do but actually and then because there's this sort of retro retrospectively kind of making these conclusions about what makes a good film but what made those good films is the fact that they were doing things differently and they were quite interesting in their own right and so that's and also the fact as a as a cinema going audience we're also becoming more sophisticated and i think this oh, is I don't think a, I am you're you're you possibly getting I'm regressing getting, you're regressing you're unlearning but i think this people people don't acknowledge the fact that actually you know um fifty years ago, if you watched like adverts for TV and stuff like that, you know, but they were unbelievably on the nose and stuff like that whilst now we've we 're absolutely saturated in film and TV, so we are at the point where someone can just give a look or even less than that just absolute nuances because we are so used to all these cliches about how things are introduced that you can do things so much more subtly and actually
1: it's not really acknowledged, but that's a huge thing about. And definitely, people are more literate in of things. I mean, it's, I think the TV villains are always a good example of how the villain has now become. Well, it was in the Silence of the Lambs, or probably before that, where the villain becomes the hero, and people don't mind the villains. Dexter's yeah, yeah. example of the villains becoming—you yeah, know—people yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, they don't mind; they're not offended by someone who goes um, <laughs> serial killers being heroes.
0: But you can get script, script feedback, and it says, you know, why. I don't like this.
1: That's what, uh, a lot of the feedback I've had from writing, I wrote a a script with a friend about a really unlikable character and a lot of the feedback from a lot of the channels was, oh, we need to make him more likeable. And as soon as you make him likeable, there's a nice, I've seen things, when I soon see characters do something nice, I dislike that character. I don't believe it's,
0: you know. Well, this is a a big thing for me and again, this is different from different filmmakers and different writers generally a thing which i personally hold as a as a high um standard is is kind of believability of characters and motivation you know do whoever it is whatever universe they're in you know do i believe that character would do that in this situation and it's quite frankly you know as soon as they start breaking those rules for me i just get massively disengaged but to, to tie that up and make sure that that is, it's very easy when you're writing to say, oh, you know, I'm sure they'll accept that, or, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll let that go. But for me, that completely disengages me. But to be really pure and make sure all the character motivations are making sense is a massive amount of work. Because, you know, you find yourself, you've just written 90 pages, and then you've got some little situation which not is not entirely making sense. And it's very, oh, they'll buy that, even though it doesn't quite make sense. Well, to actually sort that out, that little thing which... That character wouldn't really do that in that situation because it just suddenly turns or drives the plot. To actually dig that out and sort that out, you might have to rewrite 50 pages, and that is where the dedication comes in. You know, that's where the real grind comes in. It's like, I know I'm going to sort that out, but I, I personally believe that as an audience, you massively value that because when you do see a film, which is, it's not cheating you, because you, because it's almost like for me, it feels like when they do that. It's almost like the filmmaker kind of looking back on you and saying you're stupid, you know, like... You're, superhero, you're superhero
1: films annoy me where they can suddenly destroy the work. There, there, there's no... Uh, I was watching him the other day, and it was, I think it was Thor. There's this example of the rules changing where they can get hit by a, you know, twenty ton asteroid, and that's fine. Then suddenly they're stabbed with a dagger, and it's not fine. Or they get a cut and it injures injured but well, that's... How is he not hurt by the massive asteroid? But, but it more, more, it's more. That's a certain different types of rules. But I know emotion. When a character acts out of character for no reason, it's very unsatisfying. You find yourself literally pressing that eject button mentally yeah, yeah, yeah. when you're watching the film.
0: But you, if you, if you listen when you come out of a cinema to hear what people are moaning about, and I often do. It's always that. It's always points of believability people get absolutely hung up on it. People are like, I don't, I don't know what, why did they do that there? Why did they not do that there? And, and it actually, it completely takes them out of it. And and I think even if they can't articulate exactly why, they'll often say they didn't, in, you know, they didn't enjoy it because they feel like they've been cheated, or they just it, it just takes away your investment. Whilst if it's a really good, you know, I think that you know it doesn't have to be the end of the world if you can make someone care about something really. You can make someone care about whether they've got a, a car's being taxed or something like that. You know, some minor domestic thing. If you can bring, if you can make. Ev- if you can make the characters in that film, if you can show and bring the audience along and make them believe how important it is for those characters, then you've done your job, and they will be as stressed about that as they will be about an asteroid
1: hitting the world. Or... I'm a bit worried about Barry and Needs a Piss, though. But in the cinema, I need to go to the loo quite a lot. So there's nothing worse. And also, 77 minutes? Is going to hold it for 77 minutes?
0: It's
1: gonna be, it? be stressful. It's not gonna be a fun film to watch, because you'll be sitting, they'll be sitting there with their big boxes of cola thinking, oh I'm definitely gonna need well, to. Are the go. cinema
0: gonna to want to show it because it's gonna be almost
1: anti It's anti Coke? Maybe we'll just uh, to Netflix. Yeah, you're at the distribution phase already, just trying to work out. Well no, i m I'm not even at the I'm at the I've got an idea phase. Um one question I've got is with your film and my, my experience a lot of it sitting around a table with scripts the whole time and even when you go say for when you go for auditions you're trying to guess the tone of the film and I've been on both sides of the audition thing, I mean audition people and auditioned and it was fascinating auditioning people there was something I actually had in mind for parts and I thought they have got the tone mm-hmm. totally wrong and that dictates whether something is funny or not, how big it is or how small it is. How do you account for that in the writing? Well, I think it's terrible. Do you film, or do you think, oh, we'll film a scene of this first of all to get the tone right?
0: No, I think it's fairly clear what it's going to be. But I think the problem is, I don't have vast experience. But I, I mean, but in terms of doing the feature, I remember distinctly writing it and thinking these are funny scenes, and then having an auditioning casting process and seeing like multiple lots and lots of people coming in and not laughing once and thinking, I think I've made a horrible error of judgment and then certain people coming in and then just getting it, getting the tone. But I think, well, you're, you're more of a specialist in comedy, but I feel like the window for, I believe the window for like comedy is narrow. Like it's not, you can't,
1: I like can a medieval window. So, yeah, a medieval, exactly. A medieval, a medieval like a sort of like archery
0: window. Yeah. Very narrow. Very narrow. Very, very narrow. So you can't... You can only play it... It can only really be played one way and it's going to be funny. You can't play that... Do you know what I mean? It's as, it's kind of as written. It, it really... only, It's only going to be, be funny in one way and I think trying to do it another way... And also you can't... You must know that you know you can't make people be funny. There are either... There is a kind of instinct about funniness and I think trying to direct people to be funny is a mistake. So I think... Um, so I think that's just, you, you don't know until you find the right people. But it's terrifying because you can be going through people and thinking, oh dear, you know, this is this is, misju- this is horribly misjudged.
1: I think, that's, I think I've think i inspired that reaction a lot when I've been to auditions. <laughs> what we've made a mistake. Oh, this is horribly misjudged. This is, oh, this is horribly misjudged. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone actually said that to my face in terms of writing in terms of just the mechanics of writing how what is your process i'm always fascinated by people's because i'm more of a, a um a, i'll write in just spurts Masperta? <laughs> do you know what spurts is yeah I, yeah it's classic isn't it
0: i uh i what in terms of actually like habits like in terms of what, ha-
1: i when I sit down to write I, I, uh, I read and have to write i don't enjoy doing it. I get ideas when I go for walks and I get an idea that germinate- mm-hmm. and then I'll, or a shower is always a shower i i completely yeah shower's definitely one. Why is that the shower is a great place for ideas and coming up with
0: i don't know yes it's odd isn't it? It's almost like it's
1: but yeah. the bath is not an
0: idea. bath's no good shower. Shower's great. Same space. Shower's great, and also snacking. Like, just, just snacking on some, like, peanuts or something like that. that, that cause it's almost like there's some other energy to kind of distract you. Imagine
1: if you ate peanuts in the shower. Or a peanut shower, I was thinking. That's what Shakespeare did. <laughs> peanut shower? Yeah.
0: And that's how he wrote Macbeth,
1: yeah, he, famously. Hamlet, Macbeth, all of his best plays. I need to
0: change Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. Peanut shower. Good do you sit there but you've recently gotten part-time in your work so you can concentrate on writing and but you've chosen the mornings which is quite a well string. this is
0: it I, th- I do think there's i don't think i I feel constantly frustrated and i think i'm often i had this idea that i could write for a whole day write for eight hours and i like that idea but it's nonsense and i just think after you know several months of just getting really frustrated i realized that it's actually really hard work. I mean, it takes like a massive, ame- I, I, I
1: massive think amount of energy. I've had writing jobs where you go in and you write for TV programmes and you write for eight hours a day. And I've had other jobs when we've written sitcoms. You know, I was in the sketch group, we used to write for eight hours a day. And it's point, after four hours on any job, it's totally Just pointless. Just completely shot. You can do, if you think, I've got four hours and I can work as hard as I can and think more, <laughs> after four hours, I can't... I, the last four hours are a nightmare. It's like pulling teeth, just sitting around. Well, it's pointless. It's just utterly pointless. I don't I mean, know I why th- companies employ writers to do eight hour shifts because it is really exhausting. And I don't know anyone who can sit there for. Well, prove me wrong, but I don't know people who can sit there for eight hour days writing. I think four hours is much better.
0: Well, I think I, think, I think there may be. There probably are some people, but I think I've heard other people exactly the same. And I think. Well, for me as well, I think. I've heard people, you can write in the night and stuff like that. For me, I'm just sharpest in the morning. I can I can think about it. It just feels a lot clearer. But then I just find myself, yeah, it's just a waste of time. I mean, it's just, it's just utterly a waste of time. I might as well be doing something else. And I think I've, uh, you know, I think this idea of just actually being in the world, just doing other stuff, you're in other situations, even if you're down the shops or anything, I'm just at work or anything. It's just, you're in other situations and you just suddenly see other things, hear other things, and it's just... It just kind of turns your mind literally i mean it is it all just sounds a bit kind of arty and nonsense, but I do think it it just helps you just run things over and takes you out of the space of just because you've just otherwise you're just fixated on this point and you just don't make progress and...
1: yeah, I do think reading other people i think I think I don't see enough people reading. I read quite a lot, I think it's quite inspiring doing that and watching things and taking in, it, even though I don't want to still believe in it, I do think it has, has a huge effect just watching things and being in, inspirational, uh, just saying laying seeds in your brain which you can, might and and things germinating in your brain so I think when you first get an idea sometimes you think I've got that idea but I just want to have it in the back of my head for a while. And literally yeah and, let, and I, I
0: have the, I sometimes have the idea and I think that's a really, that feels right now, it feels like a really great idea and I want to see how it feels tomorrow because I've had lots of, plenty of ideas which have felt like, I wake up the next morning and think, no, that's, that's absolutely awful. It's almost like you write, wrote something down when you were drunk. And it well, felt I do that, like
1: know, with stand-up I used to do hundreds of times, literally waking up at night scrolling something down. Oh, yes, this is the greatest. But often, I think it's a combination of two things. Of you not being in on that wavelength, mm. where you had to understand that idea for what it was, yeah. and it, and, then the, and the brutal stark morning, the magic of the sort of uh, ethereal sort of night time yeah. has dissipated, and you're just stuck in this harsh reality of I having mean, to go to some crap job, so nothing seems funny. Definitely, audiences. And that's been my experience. Even. Watching films and think just dramatically films I've liked of in different contexts, yeah. different times with different people, and it's totally changed. Yeah.
0: but I think there can also be just odd moments where, I mean, I think it's actually just falling. It's like you're saying about the shower, but like almost just falling asleep, almost like that dream state. It all just sounds so arty and nonsense, but I think actually it's true. It's something about it. Just there's just a, a looseness about it all, and I
1: think the.
0: I think just concentrating too hard
1: and, and, and well I think I, I definitely think that's a good way of writing if I can't think of something and to say that if, if you're in a writer's room writer's and you can't think the best thing for me would be, would be to go down lie in my bed close my eyes and just half think about it. But you can't even say to someone well that's how I'm going to get if you just let me go lie down in yeah, my yeah, bed yeah. Uh, away, at home Well, we had then I'll a... come and think of an idea but that is the best way for me to think of an idea. But we had it when so we did a
0: forty-eight hour film challenge this year, and we had to write a script. We had literally this situation, and we had that where we were coming up with ideas in the garden. And I, in that situation, I said I'm going to have to go to my room and lie down, yeah, because it's like I cannot think, and it's just like I mean, I, I, maybe I'm not not right for a writer's room, but it's a case of I need to have enough space and non-pressure and just. To, 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 and it was I did lie down on my bed I mean to try and give myself some
1: oh I had to do some rhythm. writer's job for a project now I, I think I was terrible In the, I was terrible but because I wasn't on the same length, wavelength as the other two writers mm. there I didn't feel comfortable so I didn't feel imaginative I felt pressured the pressure and, and I just didn't particularly feel that creative that day and I just thought I'm not enjoying this I want to get out of here all I could think was I have to think of something I have to think of something was, I'm I'm not um, on the same wavelength as these other people. Uh, the stuff they're not reacting to my stuff. They don't find it as funny, so I've lost confidence in it. It was a horrible experience. But as soon as I think
0: you've got all those other thoughts going on, you're self centring and all that kind of stuff, and it's just it's just not going to work, you know. Yeah. So I think, um, yes, I, I you know, and I think, you know, I, think you've, I think, but I think you've got to find your own process. That's the thing. I, mean, I think, and for me, I've realised I'm only good in the morning afternoons and you know don't beat yourself up in the afternoon if you have some good ideas whilst you're walking around and doing something fine but don't expect you know what it's like it's a kind of proven thing so you're not you're,
1: basically i think that with writing you can read all these writing books tell so you how to write how to do that some people might, might work sitting down at exactly doing it yeah, yeah, having yeah. this writing down set ideas doing all these morning pages where you can just write loads of streams of consciousness i did that i didn't particularly find it useful Just that's the annoying thing. It's just you have to find your own process and trust your gut instinct with your process. Not trust these other people telling you how to do it. It's whatever gives you the best results.
0: And also, but also, the other people who you think are good and how what their process is. Because I remember there's a really good um, commentary on Up. Loads of good, great after um, uh, behind the scenes on Up. um, The the uh, Pixar film, and I think that's brilliantly structured and you know this is really good and and they're really honest about their writing process and they said there's basically there's a perpetuation of a myth in hollywood which is people have great ideas and they sit down and they'll write them out for two weeks and they'll end up with the scripts and they said this is absolute nonsense you know f- from their experience at pixar that, you know, it is a grinding process. They'll come up with an idea and they will just absolutely grind out and they, they go through it and they'll say, they showed one scene and they showed 20 different versions of it and each version was like, you know, we did this, um, but him. there was something about the, the balloon fawning away, but the character dying gave too much of a sense of gloom and so we did this where he did this, but that didn't really give a sense of those characters bonding. You know, they were absolutely just completely fixed on the theme what they want to say, and they weren't going to let go until they got the best version of that. And I think, for me, well, I find that quite inspiring. About, I think
1: Up, that's the best bit of the film. The emotional bit. You could just have that as a short film of him remembering his... Oh,
0: what the, the beginning opening sequence? Yeah. But I think the whole thing, I mean, it just I mean, it fits together. You know, there's a, just a lot of really good work there. And I think... Um, but it's just, there's no there's no shortcut for that I mean, I think we liked the idea that someone and there are cases like Swingers was written in like two weeks or something and there are cases like that I went
1: to Rodriguez I watched the um, El Mariachi which is there are certain films if you're making budget films which is what this podcast yeah. hopes to I will be doing eventually certain films you get pointed to and one one's El Mariachi which Rodriguez wrote I think 1992 and he famously made for $7,000 and he said he only knew how to write a half an hour, an idea from half an hour script, but he basically rewrote that half an hour three times, with slight like tweaks. So you don't even notice it in the film, but that's how he got around that mm-hmm. having to write the the feature length thing. And the feature is a real; it's a long, long time to keep people um, interested. Well, you just need a lot of
0: fuel. I mean, that's the thing. I think from doing short films, you know, in a short film you need. You know, you have a ca- characters are just comp- entirely one dimensional. So that guy is the stupid guy. That's the guy. The, the I'm the stupid guy. You're the stupid guy. Uh, I'm going to play the um, guy who's drinking too much wine. So you have all these different characters, and, and it's very, very one dimensional. And then I think, you know, going to the writing of feature, it's like not that I've written massively three dimensional characters, but you do, They have to have. You have to have some sense of some kind of backstory, what they represent because otherwise you are just going to, you will not make, you know, and I've read lots of scripts which, you know, get to, say, 20, 25, 30, 40 pages, but that's still massively short of what you need, and you need a lot of story,
1: you need a lot of story beats. And I need to get a lot of beats, mate. You need to find some beats, mate. I need to find a lot of big, fat beats for this story that I'm going to tell. <laughs> well, I mean, anything else you've got to say about writing? No, I Probably think quite a lot. Quite a lot, but I think the
0: general thing is, uh, I think we talked before about the fact is, I think there's just, I, I mean, I, I, as I was saying about this sort of myth, I think this idea that it's just all enjoyment and fun and this sort of, uh, you know, process of, you know, you have your muse and you have this idea and you sort of pour it out and it's just a great. It's, I think that's nonsense, and I think a lot of the writers I respect and I've heard. Um, you know them talking interviews and various things it's agony you know it is a real grind and they have to really work at it and I think one writer said you know I don't like writing but I like having written and I completely agree with that it's like that I find it deeply satisfying having something which works and is good afterwards but actually the process is really hard but I think more than ever I think in these times where cameras are so good there's a lot of technology um which is doing a lot of work on the on some of the technical levels i think the artistic level and particularly the script work i think is going to define the better films going forward more more than it ever has done before because there's there's shortcuts for people who who don't necessarily have expertise to 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 produce stuff which actually looks pretty good um but i think script writing and increasingly in a lot of big budget films you know, like Justice League and and various. Things. I've not seen it, but you know, I think they the script writing is is overlooked, and I think it's a bit of a Hollywood cliche. But I think going forward, uh, you know, I, I just don't think time put into that is ever ever wasted time. You know, and it's um, that's the other cliches. You know, um, paper's cheaper than film. You know, you can you can spend a lot of time and get it right, and and that's not time wasted on set. So. I'm just jabbering, aren't I? But you know, no, I, I, I think it's it's. I think people just do not put enough value on the, on the script writing process, and it's it's everything you know in terms of what the film becomes.
1: Well, I think I've got a lot of work to do. If you want to write into this podcast, you can do. Marek makes a movie at let's say gmail dot com. Marek makes a movie at gmail dot com. If you want to find about more, you can follow me on Twitter at Marek Larwood. You started your Twitter account for this? Yeah. At Marit Makes a Movie on Twitter. You can find out about Paul on at Paul Howard Allen. Yep, yeah. And look at your YouTube channel. 33 Story. And your new one you're going to start up, Paul Allen Films. Possibly. Paul Allen Films and Marit Our YouTube channel. That's a lot of plugs. I mean, just put our names into all the social media and just then follow it, and then a few weeks later you think, who is this prick? Delete. Block. Unfriend. Well, thank you, friends. Please don't forget to donate to this podcast. Let's see if we get above minus 20 pounds for the next podcast. This won't be a weekly thing. It will be sporadically when I meet filmmakers and get to chat to them. But that makes it all the more exciting. Thank you for listening. Be, be hygienic. That's going to be the. Do we have to say it together? Stay hygienic. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Stay hygienic. hygienic. Bye. Bye.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.